Over the past three episodes, now four episodes, we have been discussing beliefs and values, and it has gotten really deep and triggering a lot of really great conversation, but a lot of questions that that I keep having about how does someone set their beliefs and values? How do they reset their beliefs and values if they're finding out that the ones they currently have aren't working for them? And we've talked about this in a variety of circumstances, starting with what do we do when someone or what does someone do when they decide they want to sow their wild oats to now we're at what I'm going to ask this time is, so what does someone do if they decide I'm not happy and I need to change my beliefs and values for the better? How can I consciously replace what's most important to me and make it something better. That's what we're talking about today. (laughs) I think that part of that, by the way, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Marriage Helper and to Relationship Radio. This, my beautiful daughter, Kimberly, is our CEO. This, my daughter, Kimberly, she, my daughter, Kimberly, is our CEO. (laughs) It was a word I remember learning way back when I was in college. I may not even use this word anymore. It was called mores. And it had to do with the fact that you, in a particular culture, would learn a particular belief and value system. And so they would talk about if you grew up in a criminal environment, and I think they cited the the old mafia from the 30s and 40s in America, then the belief and value system, because of the fact that your dad was in the mafia and your mom was, you know, all for that, and then your grandfather was in the mafia, et cetera. And so the people that were most important to you were in that particular mores, lifestyle system of beliefs and values that, that then the beliefs and values you determine were from them. Okay. And so if they said, well, it's just business, it's not personal, but we need to kill that guy. Then you would go kill that guy, which Mm. meant that your, your value system allowed Mm -hmm. you to do that because it's just business. They had a vow of silence, which basically, according to what I read, they had a vow of silence, which basically said that we will never tell on each other, et cetera, et cetera. Well, eventually, people begin to violate that vow. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they begin to testify against Mm -hmm. other people in the mafia. Now, there are probably a lot of reasons for that, some of which is very selfish, like I get less jail time or I get witness protection. But at least some of that, I would think, would be driven by saying something in this belief and value system doesn't work. Because, as you said in a previous program, it's innately within us to want to help people. To, to want to live in love, not in hate. Love is a positive emotion, which we really enjoy feeling. Hate's a negative emotion, which leads us to make some very bad decisions and take some very bad actions. And so a person literally could say, I don't like the belief in value system I have now because I think it leads to more harm than good. It's not an act of love. It's actually doing damage. You know, how's a person going to do that? Again, I keep playing the same the same tune over and over. I believe they're going to have to find someone or something that becomes the most important to them. Because as long as Uncle Vito, if that's the guy's name, is still the most important to me, no matter how much I want to change my beliefs and value systems, it's going to be extremely difficult to do. And so uh, if I find a mate that's outside the system and she or he begins to have a strong influence over me. Or if I find religion or if I find a, a person that's just so full of kindness and compassion, I run into Mother Teresa and I begin to be so impressed by her, then I think that's what's going to facilitate changing the beliefs and changing the values. It's primarily going to come because of a relationship over here with somebody changing. Now, can a person do it? Only on their own, anything's possible. 
Mm. But the way that it's more likely to occur is that someone or something rises to the top over here that becomes the most important person or lifestyle or uh, goal. It becomes the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And that then will give me the ability to change my beliefs, which will give me the ability to change my values. And so the guy who wrote the old hymn, Amazing Grace, mm-hmm. was a slave trader. And when, when he finally accepted uh, Christianity as a religion, he he began to change his beliefs and values because now up here had changed. For him, now it was God and Jesus, that kind of thing. And so the song he wrote, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So what was the change? Whoever, whatever was important changed, which led to his beliefs changing, which led to his morals changing. So what I think I heard you say was if someone is wanting to change that that top thing, then that's guiding everything else, then typically the majority of the time it's going to be a person that they meet that facilitates leading this change, even if that person doesn't become the most important thing. Or were you saying that person becomes the most important thing? I think at least for a while that person will become the most important thing. But, but you're right. The person may not become the most important thing, but they begin to have that kind of influence. So here's my concern. If we put a person as our most important thing, like a human person, then we're never going to be fully satisfied because people fail us. That's correct. So we, you and I would not recommend <laughs> that that be what people look to do. We believe that it should be something bigger than that. Mm. But as part of the process, mm. yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. We're that that this good person, and we are defined good in the sense of loving, caring, doing what's best for others, not just for me, that that person becomes an extremely strong influence. And for a while, he or she may be the most important person. Okay, But as you said, all people are flawed. We've said it in the previous episodes, because no belief system is perfect. It always has inconsistencies and gaps. No moral system is perfect. Mm-hmm. It never can be lived up to 100%. Right. And and in the same sense, this person is never going to be perfect either unless it is deity. Right. Okay. And so we would perceive deity, at least the deity we follow, God and his son Jesus, we would see that as perfection. Mm-hmm. Whereas in pagan religions back, you know, like the Greeks and the Romans, their gods were all flawed. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't see that as perfect. And and again, as we say all the time, you don't have to embrace our religion. We, I mean, we're happy to teach you about it if you want to know, but we're talking here as social scientists. And so if you don't want that to be a religion, then ultimately what has to become most important for a good, fulfilling life is love. Not love in the selfish sense of, I feel this gooey thing today, but love in the sense of, I'm going to do what's best for humanity, which means that often it's also best for me. But sometimes it's not necessarily best for me. Uh, I've been I've, in the past. I have read a lot about medals of honor. Uh, mm-hmm. con- I think people call them congressional medals of honor. And if you look back to the Vietnam era, which is my era, and, and particularly among the Marines, the most common reason that a Marine would be given the medal of honor was posthumously because he, in mm-hmm. the case we're all men had jumped on a grenade Mm. and covered a grenade with his body to protect his mates. That's love. Mm. Well, in that particular moment, it's not the best for me, Mm -hmm. but it's the best for the people that I care about. Mm -hmm. 
And, and if that becomes the guiding principle, then the beliefs will never be perfect. The values will never be perfect. But they become a belief and value system that really benefits humanity, which means in the long run, it also benefits me. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the common current poor beliefs and values or most important things that people have put up here that is leading people to make bad choices. I think there's several back when Bill Clinton was running for president, I was speaking up North somewhere for a corporation and I'm on a shuttle that goes by into hotels and piece people up, take them back to the airport. And on the way I hear these business guys, they're all wearing these fancy expensive suits and they're talking about the Clinton uh, running for office as president. Now, I'm not making a judgment here by Clinton. I'm just giving an illustration of what happened. And I, I spoke up and said to him, gentlemen, you know, it just had come out that he had had an affair. I can't remember the woman's name. And apparently Playboy had found out and put her as a, a pictorial, a nude pictorial in Playboy. And I said, does it matter to you that the guy that would be the next president has been a man that cheated on his wife like that? These guys all replied, oh, we admire it. Have you seen her picture in Playboy? Well, well no, I didn't. We admire it because look at the beautiful woman he got to have sex with. And I'm thinking, whatever their belief in value system is, was far different than mine. Well, in their case, would only have to surmise. I mean, I didn't ask them what it was, but it's going to be something to the degree of, if this makes me feel good in a moment, who cares what it does to other people? Mm-hmm. That would have been the ultimate most important thing to them. And so if I have a chance to have sex with some beautiful person, it doesn't matter that I'm married, he's married, she's married, who's married. It doesn't matter that we're destroying other families and relationships. I'm going to do what's making me happy. And then counselors came along, not all counselors by any means, but many counselors who would say, and don't think about your children. If you're thinking about ending a marriage, don't think about your children. When I order you do what's best for you. What makes you happy in the moment? Well, what about the long-term effect on the kids? You wrote a master's thesis about that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And we know it has negative effect on the children. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're necessarily doomed, but it has negative effect on them. And so I think whatever it might be, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, whether it's fame. Money. Any of those things, it all yeah. comes down to what makes me happy in the moment. Mm. And, and therefore, some of the influencers on media, some of the celebrities, et cetera, et cetera, give the stupidest advice that you could ever give anybody about life. But it's like, look, I'm happy in the moment. Look how famous I am. If you want to be famous like me, you do what's going to make you happy in the moment. And people are buying it. And the world is deteriorating. So that Putin says, I want that country, Ukraine, let's go get it. So, so that uh, right here in Nashville, just before we recorded this, uh, uh, some kind of a monk, I think it was a Tibetan monk, this group of people, four women and a guy, one of the women was carrying a toddler, broke into this temple, and then they held him down, the monk who was there, while they stole all the things they could. Well, he tried to grab some stuff back, so they just beat him up. It's on camera. They've got a, actually got a video of this, and one woman's holding a child while she's doing this, and then they all run away. They had actually stripped most of his clothes off of him. He's chasing them because I guess he's trying to get stuff back for his temple, and we look at that and go, why? It's like, hey, I want money. I don't want to work. What'll make me happy in the moment is I think you may have some money. I'm going to take it from you on the news in Nashville. Just before we recorded this, uh, a man of Indian descent 
who was a clerk at a store on the north side of Nashville. People would go to that particular convenience store just to buy from him because he was so pleasant and made their days. Hmm. Two 15-year-old boys. Oh, no. Rob him. And one of them just shoots him dead just for the fun of it. There's a big memorial outside that convenience store now of all the people. And they were interviewing him on the television. I had drove past that store and that store and I'd go an extra two miles just because I wanted to see this guy Mm. every day. He made my world like that. And some punk shot him dead. Why? See what it feels like. Made me happy in the moment. Maybe it builds my street cred. Maybe it gives me a sense of power, whatever. As my grandmother used to say, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we look at that and go, what about you? Are you? Because if you think I'm doing what's making me happy in the moment, are you thinking, if you have children, you're thinking about them. If you have a spouse, what about what it does to his or her world? What about your in-laws? What about your family? What about your friends? What about the other person if you're involved with them? What about the lifestyle? Who, who all's being involved in that? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> Okay, I'm through preaching now. <laughs> hey, I think you I think you have a couple more points you could hit before the invitational <laughs> in, the, in the song. No one's asking these questions of people. It's not people aren't being convicted and challenged on this. No. Mm-mm. No, it's all about do what makes you happy. And and it's like if I can't do what makes me happy, then you're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't agree, even if I'm not trying to stop you. If I just say that's not right, you're the bad guy for saying it's not right. right. People should all want to be doing, do whatever they think they should do in the moment. And that has become the most important thing here. Has it affected beliefs and values? Without a doubt. Has it changed the world? Without a doubt. It's changed you, either for the good or for the bad. And you're the only one that can think about that. It may have changed your spouse for the good or for the bad. And we would definitely love to help. Now, if you come to one of our workshops, don't think it's going to be what I was just doing. We don't preach at you. I don't get mad. I don't even lead all the workshops. We have other leaders as well. We teach very openly, very kindly, very understandingly, very respectfully. We do ask people to think about things they're not asking about and not thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the world reads right now. Uh, That's what the world needs right now, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. What about you? I would agree with that. So what would be your encouragement? Number one, work on yourself. Figure out what's the most important up here. You said, well, it's going to be my husband or wife. That's good. As long as you remember what Kimberly said a few minutes ago, they're flawed. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not going to be perfect. And if you center your whole world just on one person, then you're going to sometimes be frustrated with that because of their flaws. Well, my children, those are good. Spouse up there, children up here. Those are good things. But overarching, there needs to be a principle. Now, for us, that would be our Christianity. But at the very least, it's got to be love, meaning doing what's best for people, not just me, not living for in the moment, living, looking to the future, not just for today, but on down the line. And then let that be the strongest influence on what your belief system is, on your value system is. And if you say, what well, my spouse right now is straight off because he or she's after this or that or the other, what do I do? Don't worry about the other because you can't change that. Don't try to lecture them. Don't try to argue with them because that's not going to change that. What do you do? You become the biggest influence you possibly can on them by becoming the best that you can be. And we can definitely teach you how to do that. Mm-hmm. And we would love to see you 
you and your spouse in one of our upcoming three-day workshops that we have. As Joe said, we we talk about principles that help lead someone to make a better decision of who or what is most important to them and acting in ways and doing the things that are going to show love, not only to themselves, but also to the other people in their lives, their kids, their spouse, family members, all of the things. Amazing success rate, especially if your marriage is in any kind of crisis, or even if you're not in crisis, but you're just going through a period where you feel disconnected, you feel stuck, you feel unhappy, our workshop can help. And you can find out more at marriagehelper.com slash workshop. We're so happy that you've been with us on this episode of Relationship Radio. And Kimberly, are we still going to talk about this on the next episode, or are we going to move on finally? I think think it's time to move on. It's time to move to another topic, and we, we hope and pray it'll be of great interest and of help to you. And so we'll see you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.